You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I am here today with Val Peacock of Rural Aspirations. She is the educational design specialist with that organization. And um, thank you, Val, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about Rural Aspirations Project and, and kind of the mission there? Yeah, so we're, um, Rural Aspirations Project is a any nonprofit. Um, we're based out of Bar Harbor, Maine, but we work all over the state. Um, and we were started by a few educators, including um, at the beginning, and, and, and my colleague, Corisol, who actually started the idea of the organization a bit before we met. But then as we met, we kind of um, got the organization up and rolling. And we, res- we formed the organization in response to um, our own experience in forming um, alternative and kind of outside of the box and community uh, connected programming in schools and, and realized that there was um, interest and need for that type of programming around the state. And so we both moved from the classroom into this organization to, to work with schools. Um, and we, we do consulting with schools all over the state, mostly rural schools, and we're, we're mostly focused on trying to create programming that um, is really connected to community um, and to um, thinking about kind of expanding opportunities for students and, um, and making education more relevant and engaging for students. Um, but we do work kind of anywhere and everywhere that people ask us to. <laughs> we're willing to drive and travel into small places. We had some. Um, we do work with at the school level or at teacher levels or at program levels, and we have also um, been part of um, the creation and, and launching of the Eastern Maine Skippers program over the years, as well as a program that we have been launching called the Maine Forest Collaborative. And those programs are specifically looking at Maine's legacy of and the connections um, to education and students and the sort of the economics of these small communities. And is it? Um all grade levels or is it primarily high school? Uh, we mostly focus, most of our work is in high schools. Um, a lot of our work around kind of individualized and, and um, like thematic or you know, multiple pathways works is in high schools, but we have and do work in middle and elementary schools, um, especially often we'll get into a high school helping them do something and then realize that we kind of need to go back down to mm-hmm. elementary schools to, to students for the opportunities that we're creating at the high school level. Um, so we, we do we do do work in um, at all grade levels and we also do a lot of work in the community as well like with community organizations and people who are looking and interested in connecting in the school so often we're kind of in the middle between schools and community partners creating systems and structures for that connection those connections. So we also are, are working outside of schools and sort of helping community partners understand the needs and, and helping them connect in the classroom as well. And you were a um, high school teacher at Sumner Memorial High School, correct? Yes, yeah, I started um, my teaching career as a science teacher at Sumner um, and about three years into teaching and had the opportunity to participate in a 
a Nellie May Education Foundation grant, multiple pathways grant that um, was started by the adult ed department at Sumner and uh, but sort of turned into this, um, what we call the pathways program. So I was able to jump in and, and leave the science classroom and go into the alternative program where we were creating um, a very individualized programming for a wide range of students. Um, and so and, and through that work, it was like right at the beginning of based work in Maine. And, um, I really kind of got deep and wide into that, <laughs> understanding how to create personal learning plans and individualized education at, at really deep levels, and then how to account for that kind of learning in a, in a um, public school setting. And that work that I did in that program was really sort of what launched me into, into my work with Rural Aspirations. You and Rural Aspirations Project are very adept at responding to the needs of what is going on in a school and for the students and back in March when the pandemic started ramping up and schools in Maine um, started closing their buildings and switched to online learning from home rural aspirations very quickly um, saw the need um, for something for families and for teachers. Can you explain um, how, how the idea for the Community Learning For Me collaboration came about and, and what you saw as the need there? Yeah, so, um, you know, we were doing our, working with the schools that we work with and the programs that we were working in, um, you know, just like everyone else was when all of a sudden, you know, um, school came to a abrupt halt. And obviously, um, the schools and the, you know, the school staff and administrators that we're working with are really trying to figure out the logistics of that. And so the sort of bigger picture or other work that we were doing kind of came to a halt as well. Um, and we just were, you know, thinking about what's our role in this, like, how can we help? What, what is, what's needed? Um, and trying to get a sense of the landscape. And like I was saying earlier, not, we don't just work in schools. We also are working in communities and working with community organizations and partners who are, um, who work with schools as well, or who are trying to work more with schools. Um, and so, uh, we, as we were sort of paused, just like everyone else, we started to see, just like everyone else, um, the the organizations and individuals and resources of the state of Maine start to offer things out into the public space for students, for teachers. So, uh, you know, just like everyone else, we started to see um, libraries and, um, you know, organizations and arts organizations and all kinds of different organizations starting to offer sessions and classes and experiences um, for students directly through parents or even through teachers. And, you know, showing up on Facebook feeds or on, you know, in emails or on the newspaper. And we realized that there wasn't really one central place for that. And then we also were just really feeling, you know, um, the parents <laughs> really sort of struggling and trying to figure out what to do with their students, um, with their kids as they were also trying to work at home. And so um, we just recognized that there was a lot of high quality things there that um, being offered and there was a lot of need and there wasn't a connection point. And um, mostly my colleague, Cora Saul, she um, was really thinking about it and just started to um, think about, well, maybe we could just create a website where we could just put all the information in one place. And as we started to do that, as Cora did, she just sort of made a homemade version on a Wix website and um, 
you know, we also, we started to realize that um, we were in this unique place of being in between schools and organizations. And so as we started to gather the um, resources under the site, we also started to talk to people um, and to like see what they had to offer and to make those connections. And so it became kind of really quickly that we were in this connecting space, um, not just putting, not just collating onto a website, but also helping to understand what the needs were. Um, and then in our work, we have had some, you know, amazing, and we do have some amazing collaborators that we work with around the state. And the state of Maine is full of really innovative and interesting creative people who are trying really hard to do the work that needs to happen. And, and we, you know, it's also a really small state, so we know a lot of people, um, but there are a few key organizations that, um, who, who have this work in this sort of similar space as us who, responded really quickly and were really interested in this idea. So really quickly, we had um, Island Readers and Writers, we had uh, Island Institute, Scudic Institute, um, Maine Environmental Education Association, the University of Maine, Department of Education folks were really just super interested in this idea. And so a group of us um, kind of just happened to become the design team for this um, project for Aspirations is the lead organization and the fiscal sponsor, but you know the work that happens on the site is very much a collaboration of, of of these these teams, and I think in this team, and then also you know we have over a hundred organizations represented on the site right now, and a lot of them do they might not be on the core design team meeting every week, but they are very much a part of the collaboration and very much in tune with what's happening in the um and what needs to be offered, and, and you know the site has really become this place where people come to to find out what's available and also to offer what they have to offer. So um, yeah, it was, it was a really fast thing. So um, as Cora was making a whole main Wix site, we started to realize that what we really were doing um, was creating this sort of, um, you know, a, we needed a database that could ha uh, store the information so that we could search, people could search by their parameters that they needed. Um, and we quickly realized we couldn't, we didn't have the capacity or expertise to do that. So we, we found um, Redfin Solutions down in Portland who very graciously and very quickly and, and, off, and, and with a lot of, um, of donated time and support, um, they jumped in and, and built us a web, the website that we have now, which allows us to have organization, give organizations accounts so that they can put their own resources on, onto the website as well as allows us to have that database where we can really do some interesting searching and and uh, organizing of the resources for people. Island Readers and Writers Director of School Programs Allison Johnson is the literacy content advisor uh, with Community Learning for Me and throughout the spring she um, offered some teacher professional development on the whole book approach and engaging kids with picture books, um, as well as some other um, opportunities for families and obviously um, in multiple arenas, um, as Val said, organizations from around the state are offering those types of resources for students and families and educators. Can you tell us what is what community learning for me is focusing on for this fall as everything we still haven't heard, um, you know, what our various school districts are going to be doing as terms in terms of in school or virtual learning or a combination. Can you share what what community learning for me is thinking? Yeah, so um, the 
the website um, has uh, three audiences um, that is bringing together. So it has um, educators, and we sort of think about that as formal educators as well as the, all the informal or um, maybe out of school educators that are around um, students. So, you know, um, environmental educators or other like education organizations and the people that are part of those, um, as well as in this time right now, they're sort of thinking about families as educators and parents as educators too. Um, and then we have a specifically a families um, audience where we're um, both offering um, resources directly to students, to young people, and also support for families. So on this last spring, we had um, support groups for families that were um, offered by the University of Maine Parenting Lab, um, as well as other sort of training and, and um, you know, stress management, even kind of offerings for families as they're going through whatever they were going through this past spring and as, as COVID really started to hit. Um, and then we also um, have organizations are also part of our audience as well, their ability to both offer things on the site as well as, and to connect with families and, and, and um, teachers as well as to, to connect with each other and to learn from what's happening there. Um, and so we are, <laughs> um, one of the things about Raw Aspirations and even the folks that were are part of the design team is that we're all very responsive. We're all um, listening very deeply and paying attention. We're all um, very close to the ground with teachers and students. And um, and so we have a, a sense, you know, we're just keeping a really um, close ear to the ground about what's happening and, and meeting to talk about that and kind of as, I'm sure as everyone knows, like you feel like you make a plan or you have an idea and then the next day something else happens and it totally changes. So, you know, we're trying to ride out those peaks and waves and, and see if there's, you know, what act, the actual needs are for each of those audiences that the site has. Um, and so as we're doing that, one of the things um, we have been doing is really thinking about teachers, um, both in our work outside of the site, we're in schools and, and really closely um, helping you know, different schools and teachers plan for the fall, but um, we also have been bringing together some of the organizations to think about um, the professional development that teachers need to be ready for this fall. So one of the things we have going on, not this fall, but in next week actually is a virtual conference that we're hosting on the site for professional, for educators, for teachers. Um, and, you know, you're seeing, we're seeing the offerings for that. We just kind of put an all call out to all the organizations we're part of community learning for me and we've gotten quite a lot of response around you know um teacher and student well-being like health and happiness sort of sessions as well as how to teach outside um thinking about you know the position that teachers are going to be in bringing their students back into the classroom and like how can we help teachers to think about you know how to keep themselves and their students safe um so we're seeing like a, a different type of professional development coming to the table and seeing the expertise from the community that 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 can be offered to teachers and we're connecting that. So as we roll into, you know, before fall even starts, we're really thinking about teachers right now and how to help them um, both with their like stress and, and um and you know just worry as well as with like some of the details and mechanics of how to um, get ready for the fall. Um, and then we are, we're kind of just paying attention to thinking about, um, you know, what, what is going to be the model of, or multiple models of how school might, like, fold out. So, 
you know, as we, as school starts, we'll, we can be really responsive. So that this conference that we talked about, we came with the idea for it like three weeks ago and it's happening next week. And there are 24 like sessions right now, like people are wow. responding really quickly. Um, and so I think that's something that the site can do. It's a really kind of low cost um, and um, accessible resource that we can kind of get a sense of need and really respond quickly. Um, you know, I think we were talking the other day in our design team that this whole, um, I, because we've been so virtual, <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of problems and issues with virtual connection. It's, it is challenging to work in a virtual world, but it also lowers barriers to entry and access for our students to, to different resources. And that's something the website has shown and, and um, we haven't created that, but we've like put it all in one place so you can kind of see what happens when you have this um, place where everyone can access anything that obviously needing technology and internet. So it's not everyone in Maine, but I think, you know, we're starting to move in that direction, but it's the same for teachers that, you know, we can sort of broaden out the capacity and resources available to teachers across the whole state through the site as well. So we are paying attention to that and thinking of and listening and seeing what people are offering as well as what people need. And then as we move into the fall for families, I think it's going to, you know, we're, we're waiting to see what that's going to be. You know, are there, is there going to be a significant homeschooling happening? Is there, you know, um, do, what can we do to think about, you know, potentially if we have in-school startups, like if things shift and we end up going back online, I think um, we just, we're trying to think about those different scenarios and, think about what the site needs to be able to have on it or host on it or, or um, expand or, or continue in, in that place. You know, are we, we started it in an emergency space and it was an emergency response and it doesn't really feel like the emergency is necessarily over. Right? Right. I mean, I think we're moving into a fall startup where the idea is not emergency anymore. You know, this is a, plan, a planned entry. However, it's a very unknown and very new um, place for everyone. And so, you know, it doesn't feel like we have this all figured out, right? So I think um, it, while it might not be emergency, I think there is going to be, you know, the need to like respond rapidly. Um, and I think the site and the collaboration that we're bringing together is willing and able to do that. And so that's kind of, as we move through this conference and get some feedback from teachers about the things that we've been doing, um, we'll just start thinking about the next step will be to start really looking at, you know, what are the real needs for the fall and how can we start to bring those things together. And one more thing I know I'm talking about, but uh, the one more thing that I'm kind of really excited about is we, when we originally started the website, um, we, um, didn't create students as a specific audience. So we had originally thought like, oh, students could come here and find things, but it got really tricky quickly and sort of thinking about young students and the Zoom thing that happened right away. It was, you know, we kind of realized there's a little trickiness in like connecting directly to young people through the site. So we backed out and, and offered things through families, you know, to think about it as families coming to the site and they would help to find things for students. But one of the things we are looking at is um, trying to think about students as an audience as well, especially um, older students, high school students, and you know, is there potential for students to create content or to connect through the site? Um, and that's something that I'm 
really interested in, in exploring and thinking about, um, as well as we did have a kind of pop-up really quick um, response to um, a bunch of college students who, you know, were not in classes and who needed community service and service learning hours and um, we, and, and work study even <laughs> too. So we were able to connect um, college students into a tutoring program through the website really quickly. Um, and so that's also another area to look at is, you know, could we potentially be looking, you know, connecting um, young people um, through the site and, and helping to support um, students and families. So I, I'm, I am really excited about that. And we're, we're doing that slowly, uh, but I think um, some of the things that we're talking about are really interesting and could be something, things that last way beyond, you know, the COVID emergency, so. Visit communitylearningforme.org to find resources for students, families, and educators. And educators can look at more information about the One Plan Three Falls conference that is beginning on August 11th. Thank you so much, Val, for joining me and for all the wonderful work that everyone is doing with community learning for me as we all try to navigate this unknown. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. And um, it's, it's great to talk about the work and hopefully more people will learn about it and, and come to the site and find what they need. Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. Get our new episodes every other Wednesday by subscribing to Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. For more about Island Readers and Writers programs, visit www.islandreadersandwriters.org.